Hello and welcome to another edition of Marathon Time Breakthrough. I'm joined as usual by Dr. Dave Bird. Today we want to look at the non-running pamper step of Marathon Time Breakthrough as I call it. And the thing is, it's really important to examine how we can recover best from all that hard training we do. And I'm delighted to say we've got a very special guest, Richard Agnew, to help us do just that. So hello, Richard. Hi. How well are you? <laughs> yeah, good, thank you. Good Given that we're talking about wellness, I hope the answer is very well, yeah. <laughs> so firstly, just to kick off, um, let's remove the kind of mystique of this. What recovery practices do you offer? I'm an acupuncturist um, and I specialise in treating pain and injury. Um, and I'm also a Qigong teacher. So Qigong is probably most people aren't familiar with, um, but it's um, the simplest way to describe it is it's kind of similar to Tai Chi. Right, that's that's a good uh, that's a good working uh, explanation until we dive a bit deeper. So, I'm bound to ask you, what got you into these two areas, and and what challenges did you face along the way? I was always interested in particularly kind of the traditional martial arts, um, China and Japan, um, and the thing I think that drew me to those was um, the idea that unlike in kind of most uh, athletic sports and things like that as you age, you tend to lose your performance. The idea with the kind of internal martial arts was that as you age, you get more powerful. Um, and kind of that promotion of longevity and things like that was, yeah. uh, was something that really fascinated me. Um, and my first teacher um, is, he had actually written a book that I had, um, even as a child, um, about Tai Chi. Um, and I went to train with him and, and then went on to read his book on Chinese medicine which was absolutely fascinating for me. Um, and just the, the range of techniques um, all kind of fitted really nicely together to create a holistic kind of package of treatment um, uh, just really, uh, really spoke to me. So, um, so that's kind of where I got into acupuncture and, and Qigong. Um, and then the sort of specialization into pain and injury. Um, firstly, um, it kind of made sense with the martial arts because there's always, certainly in China, been this, um, the two going hand in hand. Mm. Um, and a lot of the, the really famous martial artists were also um, medical people, which kind of makes sense because the training was quite brutal. And if you wanted your students to be around for a decent length of time, then you had to be able to fix their injuries. But um, uh, so, so the two kind of go together quite nicely. Um, and especially teaching Qigong, there are lots of, Kind of movements and stretches and things that you can do that that really add to the treatment of pain and injury stuff um and of course it's you know it's the thing that we see most because it's it's the thing that acupuncture is best known for really the main challenge i think with something like acupuncture and qigong is that it's a bit weird it's a bit different it's a bit unusual the, a lot of the challenge comes really with education rather than just doing your job you can't you don't just have a line of people out the door most of the time um, and you've got to produce that or you've got to create that understanding of, of why it's not as weird as you might think what benefits do you think these practices provide to marathon runners in particular acupuncture for marathon runners particularly is really all about overcoming injuries and the painful conditions that are going to stop you from running um so whether that's knee pain or plantar fasciitis, you know, there's a whole range of musculoskeletal injuries that you're, you're likely to um, accrue over time. 
Um, and to a certain extent, if you can get in there early with treatment yourself, then that's kind of important. But if something's not going away, then you need to deal with it. Um, and so it gives you a, a way of doing that. And the benefit of acupuncture over other kind of manual therapies or something like that, um, if we kind of dig very quickly into the sort of scientific version of mm. the benefits of it, um, there's pretty robust evidence now that acupuncture works through a variety of um, pathways. Um, but the ones that we know about, and we don't really know everything that it does, um, are the release of endorphins, so the body's natural painkillers. Um, there's a deactivation of pain pathways in the brain. You're improving blood flow to an injured area, which in turn also means you're removing waste products and damaged mm. tissues and reducing inflammation. Um, and then there's kind of the obvious stuff like being able to release trigger points in the muscle, which, you know, other things can do as well. Um, but there's also that uh, kind of relaxation that people get during the treatment. And that's really stimulating the, the parasympathetic nervous system. So the body's sort of rest and digest response. Um, and then you've got other techniques, so whether that's cupping or gua sha or something like that, where you're breaking up adhesions in fascia and things like that. So overall, the idea is that you're you're reducing pain, but you're also promoting the body's healing. So you're, you're speeding up the healing response, basically. Mm. Um, and then kind of coming to Qigong, so acupuncture is really all about getting you from pain or injury or illness to you know normal. Um, but then how do you get from normal to better? You know? and, and so the benefits of Qigong are that sort of performance improvement, uh, but also um, recovery again. So um, if I give you a rough idea of the practice, it's a kind of a combination of postural work and movement well um, integrated with mindfulness and breathing. Mm. Um, so what you're cultivating through that kind of practice is a sort of mental stillness, um, a body awareness, kind of a, a, a ability to feel the internal state of your body better, um, improving your alignment and relaxation. There's core stability stuff in there, balance, rootedness, um, you know, the a kind of fluid stretching and soft power that you get. Um, mm -hmm. and just that sort of integration of the whole body in, in the movements. Um, so those are, those are kind of the, the things that you wouldn't necessarily normally get through yeah. a standard kind of uh, more general athletic kind of training. Oh, well, that's very interesting because what I encourage in a lot of my work is runners being better able to listen to their bodies. Yet we all know that um, smartwatches, pace readouts and heart monitors have their day. But if you're able to feel you're training very intuitively, you're going to be a better runner in terms of getting into the right zones and also detecting any possible overtraining. So any extra ability through something like Qigong to enhance that is great. Yeah, great. So um, what? how much time would runners need to invest in these practices? There are absolutely benefits that you can get from a relatively small amount of practice. Um, by small, we're talking maybe 15 minutes or something like that. And over the years, I've had different teachers and they say different things. And 
And some say, oh, 15 minutes a day is brilliant. You get all these health benefits and so on and so forth. And then you get um, other teachers who say, if you don't do less than an hour, you, can't, you might as well not bother. Um, I think really for, for runners, the key is being able to integrate some of those principles both into what you're doing anyway with the way you stretch and the way that you run, maybe integrating mm-hmm. breathing stuff and things like that. Um, but then also having something that you can do maybe during your recovery days um, that's a, a kind of softer kind of exercise. And, and what about the acupuncture side of things? So acupuncture, in terms of time, I, I generally say if you're going to look at having acupuncture treatment for an injury, there's kind of no point having one or two sessions. Mm. One or two sessions are not going to give you a lasting result. Um, it's a bit like if you imagine being given some antibiotics, you don't take one or two and then leave the rest because it's just not going to do its thing. You need to give it a, a course of treatment, really. Um, yeah. And to be fair, the amount of treatments and the frequency of treatments really do vary depending on what you've got, your age, your fitness and things like that. Um, but for most people, you're looking at sort of four to six sessions to see a good improvement in something. Um, and if it's a really chronic thing, it's been around for a long time, you're looking at more like 10 or 12. But sure thing. Um, that's a rough idea of the kind of time that you, you might need to invest there. Can Qigong be mastered remotely? Uh, mastered is a strong word, I would say. <laughs> Definitely not mastered. Um, again, you know, 80-20, you can, you can get some good benefits. Um, you can get some benefits from reading books and watching videos and, and doing your best to follow along. Um, principles and theory, you can certainly get across reasonably well. But when it comes to the actual form, without little corrections and without someone being there with you, it's really difficult um, to get it right. And, and subtle alignment things make a big difference, as, mm. as I'm sure they do in running. Um, uh, and more generally, I mean, I've seen some pretty funny videos of people who have read a book or watched a video, and then they're trying to demonstrate those exercises, and it's just terrible. The honest disclaimer here is, firstly, I've seen all, all those awful videos, and they are awful. And then secondly, I actually go to Richard's Qigong classes, and I have to say that the subtleness of the corrections, it would be there is it's exactly as Richard says, you can pick up if you've if you've got very, you know, high quality qualified people doing the videos, you can do an a um, certain amount of 80-20, but you've got to be very careful. They are, you know, good reputation videos, but then there is no um, kind of uh, substitution for going along and getting your own individual uh, mistakes or flaws or whatever you want to call them corrected and it comes down to one of the perennial themes on this whole podcast which is personalization yes we can all have tips tricks and tactics but there's nothing quite like personalization to your own needs so kind of moving on from that if, if you had to give Richard just one piece of advice to runners looking for help in these areas what would it be um okay so i think going back to what you were saying just a minute ago it's it's know what you want to get out of it and then find a teacher who can deliver that Hmm. um 
you know, I mean, with running, you wouldn't expect to, well, you might expect to, if you just start running and you maybe read a couple of articles about running form, then there's a vague chance you might get your running form right. But the probability is pretty high that you're going to have some alignment issues or, or something a bit funny about your posture and things like that. So good example, having someone who knows what they're doing to look at you is kind of important. Um, but equally, um, you know, you, there are some people who are really good with gait analysis and there are some people who are really good at choosing out the right kind of shoes. And there are some, you know, so it's, know what you want to get out of the practice and then find someone who can deliver that. Yeah. So um, what uh, are the biggest mistakes you see teachers or clients making? Because we've talked here about how important getting things right is from both sides of the um, the value equation. What, what, what are the obvious mistakes that you see? Okay. Uh, well, probably the biggest one is focusing too much on one type of training and then neglecting everything else so um so we've sort of touched on this the the chinese martial arts are categorized into two main types you have your external styles and you have your internal styles so external styles would be things like the sort of acrobatic kung fu styles which are all about developing muscular strength fitness and speed and then the internal styles uh uh, things like Tai Chi, um, but others like Xing Yi and Bagua, um, where you're trying to develop the kind of skills we were talking about earlier, the kind of mental stillness and the body awareness and rootedness, soft power, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and so the biggest mistake really of Qigong and Tai Chi people is that they don't do enough of the physical work. They're all about relaxation and their, their Tai Chi or whatever looks a bit like wet noodle tai chi you know it's too soft it's too relaxed there's not enough structure um uh, uh, but similarly the biggest mistake with runners and athletes is that there isn't any of that internal work so the key is getting a balance of those two things you know i think you do it with your your training where you have the sort of pamper and the the rest phases and things like that Um, absolutely and the the key is that you balance them dynamically you know it's not always the same and it will change through different stages of life so you know younger people will do more external stuff and older people will do more internal stuff Mm. and it will change with the seasons you know the spring and summer is a great time to be more active and physical and then in the autumn and winter maybe you tone things down a bit do gentler practices and and so on um and then, you know, in line with your training goals, you know, at some points you want to really focus on your, your speed or, or whatever. And then there are other mm. times where you need to, to recover more. So perfect. Yeah. Um, getting that balance right is kind of key. Um, okay. And so, you know, in more general terms, people, people tend to fixate on one area of their health more generally than that. So, so some people are really focused on physical fitness and then maybe someone else really focuses on nutrition. So what happens is they get quite good at one area and then everything else kind of they maybe touch on here and there. So what happens is say someone who's really interested in nutrition, if ever they're, you know, they're lacking energy or or feeling a bit ill or whatever, they'll go straight to nutrition. They'll go straight to what am I eating? How can I improve that? And what they're doing is trying to make really small gains in something they're already covering pretty well 
Mm. And maybe what they're missing is the fact that they only sleep six hours a night or they're not exercising at all or whatever it might be. So having that kind of full holistic view of health Mm. and focusing a little bit on the things that you don't naturally do very well is going to make greater increases for you than maybe, you know, trying to focus more on the thing you're already kind of doing anyway. We've just developed a little assessment that people can take. It's kind of free quiz type thing um, Mm. where people can answer a a series of questions and we'll kind of highlight the areas where they have strengths and where they have weaknesses. Absolutely. I've done this and it's a very revealing an interesting questionnaire and it only takes a few minutes to do. So what do you enjoy most about providing these services? You've, you've been very um, kind in telling everybody what benefits they get. What do you get out of it? Uh, well, I mean, I kind of got into acupuncture because I wanted to help people. Yeah. Um, and the thing for me, the thing that gets me up in the morning is when people leave my clinic and they say that they can now do the things that they couldn't do before, you know, things that they love, things that are really important to them and maybe things that they thought they'd never do again, you know, and, and they can go back to that again. That's, mm. uh, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> but what about people who are coming into maybe wanting to take up something physical, but not too physical when they're sort of in their fifties and, and more? So Qigong is really gentle on the whole. There are ways of making it slightly more intense, but on the whole, it's pretty gentle. Um, and for people who are not particularly used to physical exercise and movement and things like that, it's actually a really nice kind of segue into beginning to move your body a little bit more. Um, and a bit like you know, Tai Chi is thought of as for old people. Um, it doesn't actually need to be, and and um it's maybe a slight misrepresentation of it but um but yeah uh, the reason it is good for old people is because it's gentle it's relatively slow but within that you're getting uh, getting all sorts of benefits so um uh, that being said in, in its kind of historical context tai chi probably was developed by external martial artists who needed something to keep them going into their old age. Um, mm. So, so yeah, so it's, it's kind of ideal for someone who is somewhat sedentary and beginning to get into some sort of exercise just to kind of open things up and get things moving a little bit. Okay. But so bringing that forward now to someone who is a runner. Mm. So first of all, it, it could be something that if they, if they took it up, you know, their other half could get involved in if they're not mm. particularly sporty. I think the key benefits are that, that softness, that internal work, and, and recovery stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, people are going to be quite interested in, in what you've been saying today. Uh, where can they get hold of all the information? Like I say, the best place is to go to, to my website. If you, uh, if you sign up for that little assessment that we've got, then uh, we can keep you, uh, keep you updated. There's a plan to do sort of principles that you can apply into your running. Um, so if, if you sign up for that assessment, then not only do you get the, uh, the kind of overview of where you have those strengths and weaknesses, but coming down the line, there'll be uh, an opportunity to look into integrating some um, Qigong into what you're doing with your running. Super job. I just want, you know, a, a good definition of what, what wet noodle exercises are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a definition is slightly tricky, but if you, if you watch somebody 
doing Tai Chi and it looks like they're just waving their arms about and doing some really sort of gentle aerobics. That's Tai Chi with no principles in it, basically. Yeah. That is wet noodle Tai Chi. You know? If you don't have any um, stretch and structure and strength in the body and the movements don't look like they're alive or they're moving with the whole body um, and you're just sort of waving your arms about, yeah. you're probably not going to get a huge amount out of it. Right. Okay. Thank you for that definition. (laughs) (laughs) So, Richard, how do you see this field evolving in the future? Acupuncture is now becoming definitely more mainstream. Um, Certainly lots of physios and chiropractors and so on are using basic acupuncture techniques. Um, Qigong is sort of lagging behind a little bit. I don't think the name helps, to be honest. It's pretty difficult to pronounce. Um, so, um, but it, it is gradually becoming better known. Um, I think it will probably continue to grow. It might even become kind of the next yoga. Um, but inevitably, as that happens, a bit like yoga, um, it'll tend to be watered down and you'll lose a lot of, a lot of the benefits of you know, integrating those principles. And you know, like we were saying with wet noodle tai chi, there's uh, there's a lot of classes teaching the absolute <laughs> basics that don't really have a huge amount of principle behind it. So, um, and partly that's because it was um, was a practice that was kind of kept secret quite a lot, and um, and then with cultural revolutions and things like that, a lot of it got um, got lost as well. So, there are you have to be a bit discerning, I think, about where you learn it, but. Um, but yeah, um, again, looking at the 80-20 principle, there'll be Qigong for most people, a bit like gym yoga. Um, and then there'll be um, something a bit deeper for those who want to take it a bit more seriously, I guess. Mm. So just give okay. us one final reminder before we close out of where people can find out more about you. Okay, so if you go to richardagnew.co.uk forward slash assessment. That's fantastic, Richard, and thank you so much for coming on. It's a no, fascinating discussion. Great. Yep, it's been brilliant. Thanks again. Thanks a lot, Mark.